Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Ballots and Brews. We could not be any more excited to kick this off today, and so we just really want to get right into things. Our first, our inaugural uh, brewer interview today is with Marty Craver, one of the co-owners of Happy Bassett Brewing. Uh, Marty, we could not be any more, any more excited to have you today. Thanks, Angel. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And you are actually our inaugural brewer today. Yeah, super exciting. Thanks for thinking of us. Absolutely. Well, when I think of my favorite breweries, I mean, you've got dogs and you've got beer. So it really doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, um, we, we named our brewery after our, 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 our three Basset hounds, Freckles, Gracie and Simon. So <laughs> Freckles, Gracie and Simon. That's fantastic. I feel like they could have their own band. Yeah, they might come. They may join us today. It's possible. Well, let's talk about how you got started. You know, I know a lot of folks uh, know you from your location out of 29th and Wanamaker, the OG location. Um, if if you will, for Happy Best. But how did you guys really get started into the brewery business? Yeah, so um, funny story. Eric and I actually got engaged right before the Great American Beer Festival. So I should have <laughs> known then that beer was going to be in our future, um, but I didn't take the, the hint. Um, so after we got married, Eric actually brew, built a homebrew set in our basement and started just brewing beer like crazy. Um, and then next thing you know, he decided, he started talking more seriously about a brewery and we had our back at Hounds, Freckles, and Gracie. So I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to name it Happy Bassett because the Bassett Hounds just have the droopy ears and they always look so sad, but they're really happy. So that's where the name Happy Bassett came to be. And then one thing led to another and um, we found our location and did a lot of work there to get it where it was in 2017 when we opened. And then now we're um, where we are today. And we decided this year that we we're going to go ahead and open our second location, um, you know, before the pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. We didn't realize that uh, 2020 was going to bring what it was. And I actually, I don't know why I said 2017, we opened in 2016. <laughs> well, it's hard to believe that it's been uh, four years already. Crazy. <laughs> well, you know, you talked about home brewing um, and you know, that's something I don't think I realized how many people really did the home brewing thing. I think when I heard people talk about brewing beer at home at first, I think I thought they were like making meth or something. Oh. Yes, I didn't. I didn't realize that that's, that's how you guys uh, got your start as well. Yeah, we actually were uh, we're members of the Greater Topeka Hall of Foamers, and that's our local homebrew club. So that was part of us getting started is is joining that club. And um, actually, it was back back then. Blind Tiger was the only microbrewery, so we held our meetings at Blind Tiger, and then moved it over the years to Norseman, and now to the Barrel House. So it's been a nice nice transition over time for us. Wow, that's been really great to see. You know how that scene has really grown and to see, you know, how many people have uh, taken on new adventures in the brewing world in Topeka over the years. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've had a lot of fun with it and it's a great group of, of people and just getting to meet everyone and taste everyone's different beers and, and help each other and give feedback. And then um, I judged the, uh, I've helped judging with the, the competition that the homebrew club does every year. So it's a great way to, to help homebrewers um, make progress. So I have a question. How does one become a judge uh, for that uh, competition? Asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> so, 
Um, so Angel, I'm sure we could have some guest judges this year. Um, nice. it is the last weekend of October, second to last weekend of October. Awesome. Um, I think it's the 24th that Saturday, but I, I can definitely, uh, ask for a friend and see if we can get you to, to co-judge with somebody. Nice. I, I think my friend would be really excited about that opportunity. I'm pretty sure we can make that happen. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Uh, well, you know, you've mentioned this new location, the Barrel House, um, out off of Topeka Boulevard. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, your new location. Yeah, so we've got a nice event space out there and um, working on getting our, our brewery up and rolling there. So we'll actually be able to brew at both locations and um, brew beer, you know, kind of in an interesting way. We're going to have a smaller system at the new location as well as larger fermenters to make different types of beer and really have a lot of outdoor space. Like I said, last night we had uh, the band playing outside and it was just awesome to, to see people being able to, you know, socially distance, but enjoy live music and craft beer. Absolutely. Yo, I mentioned I had the chance to check it out uh, just a few weekends ago, and yo, it was a great night. I got to hang out on the back patio so I could still be socially distanced from people, but I got to listen to uh, Chase Encounter um, rock out there, and it really was just a gorgeous night to be outside. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's 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 been challenging during the pandemic for sure, but we're we're glad we have more space there so we can help people spread out. Well, great. Well, and I think, um, too, there's been mention um, about talk about dog runs. Um, I know out there as well, that sort of thing. Um, is that something that's that's to come as well? Yeah, with be- us being Happy Bassett, you know, dogs are our, we're brewing beer for dogs, best friends. So we've got some space. We've got about 11 acres out there and we do plan oh, to have <clears throat> we do plan to have a, a dog park where people can come and drink beer and bring their best friends with them and and just hang out and meet other dogs and, and other people and just have a have a good old time. That's cool. Well, and again, beer and dogs, you really can't go wrong there. So I'll tell you what I want to see. Like, I want to see like owners drinking and then doing a dog agility course, like with their dogs. Like, I think that would be hilarious. I think that would be a lot of fun. We could definitely do that. Right? Like drunk Olympics, but with your dogs. Yeah. Beer Olympics. (laughs) Well, so now, of course, we're getting into fall in October. So I think you've got a couple uh, new releases on the horizon that you want to talk about. So starting with your Oktoberfest. We tapped our Oktoberfest a couple weeks ago. We still have it on tap. And then, of course, we're working on our, getting our pumpkin out in the next couple months here. I was going to say, at the risk of sounding like a basic white girl, I was going to ask, I hear pumpkin spice is also coming up. Oh, yeah. We we definitely like to do a pumpkin beer every year. It's a lot of fun. Fall's my favorite season, so I always make sure we don't forget to do a pumpkin. Good to hear. Thanks for looking out for us, Marnie. Um, you know, as we wrap up here today, anything else you'd like people to know about um, Happy Bass in general or your new location out at the Barrel House? Um, no, I mean, definitely bring out your best friend. Our, our patios are dog friendly, and we, we love to see your pets um, and come hang out and have a cold beer and uh, get out and vote. Awesome. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Maury, thank you again so much for joining us as our inaugural uh, brewer guest here on Ballots and Brews. We look forward to seeing you um, out at uh, one of your locations here sometime within the next few weeks or next few months. Awesome. Thanks, Angel. Good talking to you today. You too. Well, everyone out there, stay tuned. Up next on Ballots and Brews is Secretary of State Scott Schwab. We are going to visit with him um, all about what his role is as the Secretary of State of the state of Kansas, um, as well as do a roundup of um, all the local happenings that have been happening in the local, state, and national level in politics. It's been a busy last few weeks, so still lots more to come. Stay tuned for more on Ballots and Brews. 
right, so now that we've talked beer and hopefully open one, let's talk politics. This is the part of the show we're calling the Roundup, where we'll run through what you need to know about at the different levels of our government. So we're going to start right here with Topeka and Shawnee County. So first, on the city council side, this is an off week for them. A friendly reminder, the city council meets the first three Tuesdays of each month uh, because there is apparently a limit on just how much fun you can broadcast on Channel 4 or as I like to call it, the C-SPAN of the Midwest. Um, so we'll talk a little bit on the county side of things. There's a couple things going on. Uh, first, an important reminder, the county commission for social distancing purposes got an upgrade on their meeting space. Uh, they now meet at the Great Overland Station for the remainder of the pandemic, however long that may be. Uh, so yes, that means you can now go to the Great Overland Station for senior pictures, wedding receptions, or democracy. Um, which somehow I don't think is making it in their promotional brochures. Uh, so a couple things to note. Um, first is, of course, money and COVID-19. So Shawnee County recently received its share of money through the Federal CARES Act to the tune of $32 million, which is to be granted out to local businesses and nonprofit organizations for COVID-19 relief. Uh, the commission approved its first disbursement of $5.5 million to a number of nonprofit organizations um, and heard some reports uh, for some of those organizations at their meeting this week on just what those dollars will do. Uh, just an FYI, yours truly here happens to work for a local nonprofit organization, so I can tell you those dollars will be very much appreciated uh, by organizations uh, in our community and are going to be put to good use right away. And I do mean right away because they have to be used by the end of the year, uh, so they don't have much choice there. Um, but it is going to see local dollars, our dollars getting out into uh, local organizations here in the community. Uh, something else of interest to our listeners, who of course love all things local entertainment, the Stormont Vale Event Center also report out on their renovation efforts. Uh, if you haven't been there, the place is looking pretty nice. Uh, if you had a chance to go in before COVID turned the world upside down, you know that they have a new scoreboard in Landon Arena, better sound system, and the chairs, y'all. They have new seats, and for people like me who are not large, but we'll say fluffy. They are much more comfortable. Uh, lots of good work is happening there, and they're actually going to work with the health department uh, to see what kinds of events they can hold there in 2021. So stay tuned. Uh, finally, one interesting thing at the county level that happened um, actually happened not at a county commission meeting, uh, but actually at a Parks and Recreation Advisory Board meeting. What? You didn't know we had one? We sure do. Uh, anyone from the community can sit on it and they wait for it. Advise parts and recreation on all manner of things. Um, so this week, uh, the committee actually reviewed plans for a new family park that's being developed at 21st and Urich. Uh, now this is interesting because there are, of course, some who may wonder why resources are being invested in a park in a part of town that is, shall we say, pretty well resourced. Um, however, and this is the important part to note, the plans aren't final and there will be more opportunities for the public to comment on the plans before they're finalized. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that the county has invested uh, in 11 new playgrounds that are being installed in neighborhoods throughout the community. Uh, many on the advisory board are also pretty keen on ensuring that the development of our county's parks do remain equitable uh, across uh, neighborhoods and across the community. Uh, point being, though, uh, this is why local government is so cool. 
cool, you all. You can engage in all sorts of way cool conversations and actually make real change and actually have an impact on things happening in your community. Okay, nerd moment over with. Uh, except not because it's my show and I can say whatever I want. So on to the state side of things. Uh, Governor Kelly announced on Monday that KDHE is unveiling phase one of their new unified COVID-19 testing strategy, which sounds super, super cool and official. Uh, basically, the deal is that we're going to continue doing what we've been doing. So we're going to continue the diagnostic testing um, that we've been doing across the state, but we're going to increase testing in areas of the state that have high ongoing community spread, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, the most important part of this being that the testing is now all going to be operated through one umbrella, uh, which will streamline the testing process, which also makes sense. Uh, oh, and we're going to spend about $52 million to increase our testing capacity. So there you have it. Uh, a lot more nasal swabs of doom coming your way. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. The test is very safe and you should absolutely get one if you have the symptoms or otherwise asked to do so. Be responsible, y'all. And finally, the big kahuna. If you've got a drink nearby, chug it. Maybe take a shot of something and chase it with something else because we're about to talk national politics. And y'all, it's been a week. All right, first up, we got to talk about the Supreme Court seat. So as we all know, Justice Ruth Gader Ginsburg left us on September 18th, leaving a vacancy on the nine-member Supreme Court. The Constitution states that the President of the United States, of course, has the ability to appoint people to fill Supreme Court vacancies. And if this was a perfect schoolhouse rocks edition of life, that would be that. But of course, it's not. So what's the big deal? Why are all the old white men yelling at each other on the TV? So let me take you back to simpler times. February 2016. We could hug people. Justin Bieber was on top of the billboard charts. And President Obama named a judge Merrick Garland to fill the Supreme Court seat opened up by the death of Justice Antonin Scalia. I know who names their kid Merrick, but stay with me here. Uh, so our pal Merrick's nomination gets to the Senate. And Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says no. So you see, Senator McConnell was bothered by the fact that 2016 was an election year. And he thought, despite the Constitution's clarity on the subject, that the nomination should be left to the next president to take office. And friends, when you're the Senate Majority Leader, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. And he did. So Merrick Garland never got a hearing and never became a Supreme Court justice and is in fact still a judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals today. As one might imagine, this upset some folks with a D after their name. So fast forward four years and a million face masks later into 2020 and another justice has died and President Trump has this time nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the position. But wait. It's an election year, you say, and Mitch is still the Senate Majority Leader, so no go, right? Well, it turns out sometimes people in Washington change their minds on things. Senator McConnell and his Republican colleagues have absolutely no objection to Judge Barrett's nomination and, in fact, would like to see her be voted on and confirmed by Election Day post haste uh this coming despite the fact that this vacancy is occurring actually even closer to election day than the one that obama was trying to fill 
And so hence why half of the United States Senate wants to burn the building down right now. And which also explains why you're seeing 11 million ads for the Kansas Senate race right now. Republicans hold the Senate majority by a margin of 53 to 45 with two independents that caucus with the Democrats, meaning the Dems really have 47 people in their corner. So that means Democrats just need to flip a couple seats in this election to gain control of the Senate, and then it's a whole new ballgame. So I expect all of this to get much nastier in the weeks to come. Speaking of nasty, take another shot because we've got to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about. The Thrilla in Cleveland, the first presidential debate of the season. And if you're one of those individuals who chose not to watch the debate because you still wanted to believe in goodness and happiness, good for you. You can now come with me on this journey to find out what exactly happened. The best way I know to sum this all up is in the words of CS, CNN correspondents Jake Tapper and Dana Bash, who, who sat in stunned silence for a moment after the debate was over and the camera cut to them with uh, Tapper saying, and I quote, that was a hot mess inside of a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck. And Dana Bash, his colleague, having perhaps my all time favorite CNN moment ever by saying that we can say this because this is cable. That was, quote, a shit show. And folks, it was. So the moderator for the evening was one Chris Wallace of Fox News. Now, regardless of your thoughts on Fox, and we all know people have thoughts, Wallace tends to be their most respected anchor. Someone should probably check on him today. Uh, from the get-go, he lost control of the debate, but he never really had a chance to get control in the first place. Uh, the first 20 minutes quickly descended into chaos, with both of the septuagenarians running for office yelling and interrupting each other and talking over the moderator. Uh, this prompted Biden to deliver his now famous slash infamous line of we shut up man to trump meanwhile i couldn't tell you anything about their thoughts on the supreme court or health care which were the topics that were we were supposed to hear about in that time now in a lot of ways much of this was predictable when you could actually hear what they were saying over the yelling and interrupting trump likened the biden harris ticket to socialism fed into the narrative that left-wing groups are behind the chaos and unrest in america's cities defended his handling of covid19 oh and bragged about bringing back college football uh, Biden, for his part, zeroed in on the consequences of allowing a conservative appointee to fill the open Supreme Court seat, uh, particularly the impact it would have on the future of the Affordable Health Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, uh, and criticized the president's handling of COVID-19. A critical moment for both candidates came on the question of race. Uh, during one particularly heated exchange, the president was asked if he would denounce white supremacists. Uh, when he was pressed further, Trump asked who he should be condemning, uh, to which Biden replied on multiple times with Proud Boys. In response, Trump said, quote, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. Now, before we go any further, we should clarify that the Proud Boys are not what I first saw a gay roller skating group, but actually, in fact, a white nationalist organization labeled as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Trump's comments that the group should, quote, stand by is seen by a great deal of people as a tacit endorsement of the organization. And if the Proud Boys message boards and Internet posts are any indication, they definitely received that message with members posting messages filled with renewed confidence in their efforts after what they view as an endorsement from the commander in chief. So all of that to say there will likely be some changes coming to future debate formats. In fact, the Commission on Presidential Debates came out on Wednesday to say that they are looking into, quote, additional structure 
for the format of the remaining debates, which you gotta love because I feel like the phrase additional structure sounds like something that your son's kindergarten teacher tells you. Like, we just think Timmy needs more structure and then he'll be able to work through his issues. Next up on the debate schedule is actually the vice presidential debate uh, with Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris that will be held next Wednesday, October 7th in Salt Lake City. Uh, Interestingly enough, the next time Biden and Trump uh, take the debate stage, it will be a town hall style debate. Um, so who knows what will happen with all this craziness once they have to actually interact with members of the general public. And that, folks, is this week's roundup. Uh, stay tuned, though, because up next we have the Secretary of State of the state of Kansas, Scott Schwab, who is going to talk all things elections and will even test his obscure Kansas law knowledge. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, folks, we could not be any more excited for our inaugural edition of Ballots and Brews tonight as we are just a little over a month from Election Day. We are joined today by the Chief Election Officer of the State of Kansas, the Secretary of State of Kansas, Scott Schwab. Mr. Secretary, thanks for being here today. Hey, honored to do it and congratulations on the new venture. Hey, thank you so much. We're, we're excited to dig into all kinds of things and we figured why not start right before an election? Why not just jump right into things? <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's, it's a good time for people to start paying attention, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's start off first by just jumping into um, having you describe what your role as Secretary of State is. I think that is something that not a lot of people are familiar with, and people might be thinking that you're doing something with negotiating treaties with Missouri or something like that. So why don't you talk about what your role entails? Yeah, we're, we're putting sanctions against Missouri right now. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's really interesting interesting because it, when I was campaigning and I tell folks I'm running for secretary of state, they're like, oh, wow, that's great. What's that? Um, and literally, it's and it goes back to the 1800s. The secretaries of states for the states were really just a secretary for the state to administer a lot of various things that the state needed. As economies grow and governments grow, eventually you parcel out the secretary of ag, the secretary of commerce, the secretary of revenue and division of the budget. And the secretary gets left with just a handful of other things. And so our, our job has a lot of little things to do in the office, but the two major things we deal with at first office, we're the primary election officer for the state. And so we set the standards for elections to be held for across the state of Kansas. We don't run elections. We just set the standards of how they're to be executed. And then the bigger issue, the thing that we do in our office is obviously business filings and the annual filings. And that's just to help prevent fraud and to give investors some security. So if you're you have a new business, let's say you're starting a new microbrew and you're asking for a small bank loan, that bank would check with our office to make sure you're actually filed to do business within the state of Kansas. And you're not just a, a rainmaker trying to take money from the bank and escape the state with it. So we handle those filings just to verify that one, your company's name is your name and you own it. And two, that you actually are a company. So if you're asking for investment or a nonprofit, that there's a place for people to go to verify that you actually do exist. Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned before, it's an office that not a lot of people are familiar with, but has an incredibly important role in the state. Yeah, we do. And it's it, in, in traditionally, it's a very nonpolitical 
political positions. Sometimes you get personalities that make it more political than it needs to be. But, you know, when we campaigned, we told folks we literally just want to be the secretary for the state of Kansas. We will mow our lawn and do our job, but we don't want to get into things that we don't have the authority to really chime in on. You know, when we think about uh, Election Day approaching, um, you know, you you mentioned one of the important duties of that office is to really be able to help set those standards um, and be able to work with all 105 counties um, in the state of Kansas uh, as they approach Election Day. Uh, so what are some things we mentioned? We're a little over a month away. Uh, what are some things that people uh, in your office are doing specifically to prepare for the upcoming day? Well, coming into 2019 and then early 2020, we were all focused on foreign influence. And we still are very much focused on foreign influence. And then obviously with February and March coming with a national uh, uh, international pandemic, we had to find ways to secure polling places and make sure that not only voters felt like it was safe to go vote, but also to make sure that uh, that poll workers realize they can still volunteer at the polls because of a lot of our poll workers, you know, they're retirees and some of those are at risk population to having more severe negative effects of COVID exposure or con- contraction. So we got a lot of federal money that we were able to disperse out to the counties for what their specific needs were, whether it be printing more ballots and ballot applications. Um, we provided two mail secure mail drop boxes for every county because we recommend folks don't mail your ballot back any more than you'd mail your lottery ticket in if you were sitting on a million dollar winner just go ahead and drop it off at the county office or drop it off at one of these secure drop boxes that way you can make sure your ballot gets counted and then some other things we did is we allowed we created two kits for every polling place that had plexi shields and gloves and masks and hand sanitizer and we got tens of thousands of gallons of hand sanitizer from Anheuser-Busch that we were able to distribute to the counties just to make sure, again, cleaning hands. A lot of folks remembered in the primary, we had single-person-use single, single person use stylus that you could use yeah. on the machine because some folks didn't want to touch a sticker. You know, we want to limit yeah. contract contamination for COVID as much as we could and say, here, take this pen and take it home. It's yours. Um, it had a great, a lot of folks were appreciative of it. Seems like other states are now going to copy that idea, which, hey, we're happy to anything to help their elections run smoothly as well. But those are some things we did to make sure, one, we're not eliminating voting options. And two, we wanted to make sure that people had a good voting experience. And, you know, as a result, we didn't see anybody come back, say, you know what, I'm scared to vote or nobody was concerned about exposure. There was no big fist brawls on to wear a mask and not wear a mask. There was no massive COVID outbreak from voting. So then we're hoping the same thing coming up next month in November. Absolutely. You know, it was funny. I was kind of wondering how things would work in the primary. And I, uh, Fished. I remember voting and was looking for my sticker, but then when I realized I got the pen, I was like, hey, that works out pretty good. So that was a good day. Yeah, and everybody likes to put on social media and know their, their I voted sticker, so they just held up their I voted pen, you know, and really it wasn't that much more expensive with the amount we were able to purchase. Um, and it, it, we, you know, we, the poll workers are doing a fantastic job cleaning equipment in between voters, but at the same time, it's just another layer of protection. So we don't want people to be scared to vote. We want people to be brave to vote. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of which, with just a little over a month ago, uh, what should Kansans be doing right now uh, themselves to prepare for Election Day? Well, first off, make sure you registered because October 13th the de- is the deadline on that. Let me check my notes. Yeah, it's October 13th. And so make sure you're registered if you've moved 
moved, if you've had a name change, um, if you're a caretaker and you're taking care of a parent that's either moved in with you or moved into an assisted facility, make sure they're updating their voter registration so they can participate in the elections that they're qualified to participate in. And then also, if you know, if you are concerned about either not being home on election day or you're at risk of a more severe exposure to COVID because, you know, you're diabetic or you have some weight issues or you're elderly, make sure you know where your parents are. Go ahead, fill out the application and get that mail ballot, but then don't mail it. And the other thing we tell folks, don't give it to anybody to turn in for you unless you trust them with your checkbook too, because they may not turn it in. So, um, but you know, those are some options. You can vote early um, before election day. A lot of every county has some early in-person voting. So that disperses population. So there's less, um, or it's easier to do social distancing. And then, of course, on Election Day. And if you do a mail ballot, you get that mail ballot election and you're realizing on Election Day, oh, I got to get that turned in. Do not mail it. It'll probably get in too late. Just turn it into any polling place in your county. And you can even turn it into an early advanced polling place in your county. You can turn it into the county office or a drop box. But if it's getting to Halloween and you haven't turned in your, your ballot yet, just don't stick it in the mail. Stick it in some place where it's counting you can make sure it'll get counted that's a that's a that's a great point yeah i think with especially with so many more people maybe choosing that option this year there might be people unfamiliar with, with how that works so that's good information to know yeah you know the post office is not a poll they're not poll workers they're postal workers and they're going to treat your ballot like they're going to treat a birthday card or their high v mailer and so it gets there when it gets there. And so if you're not going to send it in by, you know, the 20th of October, we just recommend we, unless you absolutely have to mail it, don't mail it, drop it off at the secure lock boxes, a polling place on election day or early advanced voting, or just drop it in at the County clerk's Perfect. Office. Well, and, and speaking about uh, of mail, you know, there's been lots of conversation all around the country about vo- uh, voting by mail. And, and I think sometimes people get confused because there's voting by mail and then there's advanced voting that you can do by mail. Like we have in the state of Kansas. And those are two different things. I wonder if you could maybe tease out what those differences are for us. Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and I've always called advanced mail, mail ballots. Um, but now there's more scrutiny and more of a political conversation around that, that you have to be a little bit more clear on what you're talking about. Um, the state of Washington was the first state to actually do a mail ballot election. And it's a lot like we do in Kansas with our school bond issues. Um, when, when you mail on a school bond uh, initiative, you just mail the ballot to every registered voter. And that's what you do. Um, we didn't want to do that. To eliminate uh, polling options or voting options. We want you to vote in person because we know a lot of folks. That's really important. It's 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 cultural. It's celebratory for them. So we have early advance um, mail ballots. So you write an application or fill out an application, send it in, and then you'll get your ballot in the mail. You'll then fill out your ballot, put down your government ID, and sign the outside of that envelope. And we'll make sure the signature on that envelope matches your government ID signature and also make sure it matches a signature on your application for that ballot so it's more secure. But the problems Kansas would have had is if we just mailed a ballot to every voter is first off, well, what if you're homeless? Do you not want the homeless to participate? They still have a right to participate, especially with the high veteran homeless rate. And a lot of folks just, you know, they've lost work. They may have been evicted or whatnot. They should still be allowed to participate. The other problem we have is a lot of 
kids go off to college or they go off to work, but they haven't changed their driver's license. So we don't want to mail a ballot to a person where they don't live there anymore. So the voter registration process and the application process helps us have an integrity of data set so that when we do mail the ballot, we're making sure we're sending it to the right person and at the right address. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's I think one thing viewers should really take our listeners should really take away from today is how much thought effort is really put into secure uh, the security of our elections and our ballot system here in the state of Kansas. Yeah. And a lot of the credit of that goes to former Secretary of State Ron Thornburg because he knew there was more people, you know, trying to harvest ballots and they prey upon seniors and sometimes the disabled to try to get their ballot. And if it's the registered party they like, they turn it in. If it's not, then sometimes they just don't turn it in. So he took a lot of measures to make sure increased penalties for that and increased security for those mail ballots. So by him doing that over 10 years ago, it really put us in a position to have a safe advanced mail ballot election here in Kansas without folks having to worry about that. Their votes are going to be stolen. Absolutely. Well, that's that's great. Uh, You know, if people want to be involved, you know, we talked about poll workers earlier. If people want to be involved with the election process somehow, uh, what, what can they do? Well, first off, you don't have to be 18. Um, you can be 16 or 17. And we encourage our young, younger kids and high school kids to participate. And when you see these youth participate in election with the senior population, because our elections are becoming more digitally operated, it's really fun to see those bookends of society in generations work together to pull off a civic duty. Uh, and we encourage people to do that. Our website, sos.ks.gov. You can go there, click the elections tab and fill out an application to work the election. And we've had a lot of folks step up to be poll workers and you'll get paid. And yes, it's a lot of work, but we've never had a poll worker who said, no, I wish I didn't do it. They all end up appreciating that they got to participate in that event. And the other thing we can do is, you know, you know, check on your seniors. If you're a caretaker, check on, um, Check on your parents, make sure their information's up to date because they, they want to vote. And, you know, mom wants to, mom and dad want to hear from you anyway. Um, so make sure they're registered to vote. And also, if you got a child that's going to be 18 on election day, by election day, they can go ahead and register before the 13th and then they will be eligible to vote come election day, even if they're not 18 today. So, you know, it's just kind of pass that along. And we always ask people, you know, I was out to, I was out to dinner with with the family over the weekend and I asked our, our wait staff, hey, are you registered to vote? Which they were. But ask people, are you registered to vote? You know, it's, it's a simple question and nobody's going to be ashamed that you ask that. Absolutely. No, I think that's a great point, you know, especially for all those parents out there that might be listening. You know, make sure to take a few minutes to pull the kids away from TikTok or whatever else they might be on uh, and have those conversations. I think especially for those uh, kids who are getting ready to turn 18. I think that's so important to start that habit early. Well, and we tell 18 year olds, it's now your country. You own it. You may not have a huge share of it, but it's yours. So you have a job to vote on it, to make a vote, just like somebody who has stock in a company and they vote on the board of directors. You need to vote on your board of directors. You own your city. You own your county. You own your school district. You own your state. You own your country. So participate in it. And the youth are a voting block. A lot of them are not allowed to play sports. If you want your voice heard on that, well, then get out there and vote because that's the best 
best thing you can do. Absolutely. You know, I think there's some studies out there that show if you, know, if you looked at the number of, of millennials and Gen Z coming up too, you know, that is a huge block of people. And if they really mo- were motivated and came out, they could have a, a tremendous amount of influence in elections for sure. They absolutely do. They're a voting block, just like unions, business, seniors, um, you know, young parents, mo- the soccer moms are a voting group and the youth of our society are absolutely a voting group. Very good. Well, yeah, let's, we'll remind people again here at the end, we'll do a wrap up and we'll get, we're going to remind you of all those links that we just talked about and some of those important deadlines. Uh, before the secretary gets out of here, we want to have a little bit of fun. Um, you know, we know as we talked about one of the jobs of the secretary of state's office is to kind of be the official record keeper in a lot of ways, um, including session laws that are passed by uh, the legislature every year. So we wanted to test your knowledge uh, today of some of Kansas's more obscure laws with a little true or false trivia. I'm hosed. Let me see what I can do. All right. Well, question number one. In the city of Topeka, this is true or false, the city of Topeka, it was against the law to scream inside a haunted house. Okay. The first, okay. I'm going to say it's true, even though I don't think it is, because the first question on a test is always true, is what they told (laughs) me when I, when I was studying for my ACT. So I don't think it's true, but I'm going to go with the odds and say the first question is true even though it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I, I know that game well. This is true. This is actually true. And this is a law that I know I have violated at least a couple of times. <laughs> uh, let's see. That question number two. In the city of Hayes, it is against the law to sing in the streets at night. True or false? Now, that one I could see being true. But I went to college in Hayes. And um, had that been true, I know I would have had some fraternity friends absolutely get busted. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to say that one's false, but that one's more believable than the previous one. Sure. So you're correct. That is false. That is actually true for the city of Topeka. That is an old law to say in Topeka's books. That is weird. Right. I know. You kind of wonder what the thought process was of people who are making these laws. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody got in trouble. Right. It was a pandemic and they didn't want anybody screaming. In the exactly. <laughs> uh, this was another one of my favorites. In the city of Lawrence, it was once illegal to wear a bee in your hat. A letter B or a bumblebee? Bumblebee. I'm going to say that's false. I think you made that one up. <laughs> that one is actually true. It makes no sense. Is it because they're gold and black and they match Missouri colors? That's that's what I'm wondering. It has to be. That makes no sense. So does it like it's against like a fake bee or a live bumblebee? You can't like pin it to your hat and have it buzz. See, these are the questions I have. I feel like a lawyer would have a lot of fun with this case. That's all, that's all I have to or, say. Or a, or a young city attorney is like, I'm going after this kid. <laughs> right. That's what they're going to make their name on the bee case right there. (laughs) All right. We've got one last question. All right. In Kansas, if your frog dies during a frog jumping contest, you are not allowed to eat it. True or false? I'm going to say there's a public health concern. So I'm going to say it's true. Don't eat your dead frog. Well, that is sound advice. Do not eat your dead frog. But that one is actually false. That's our friends in California that have that law in the books. Well, I, I can't make fun of California since it's against the law to scream in a haunted house in Topeka. 
Right. We, it balances out. <laughs> <laughs> we got yin, we got yang. It's all good. Well, Secretary Schwab, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, no problem. Thank you so much. Good luck on the venture. I hope I hope a lot of folks listen in because I'm sure you'll have a lot more good information. If nothing else, you'll know about some of the great breweries in the area, right? Absolutely. You can't go wrong there. All right, folks, go ahead and stay tuned. Coming up, we're going to do a wrap-up and we're going to recap all the information that we talked about today and talk about how you can take action and what those next steps are uh, to get more actively involved in your community. So stay tuned. Balance of Brews will be right back. Hey folks, it's Angel Romero with Ballots and Brews here with your take action moment. Uh, so we are just 33 days away, if you can believe it, from Election Day. Um, so it's fitting that we're talking all things voting. Uh, I hate to say it, but the closer we get to Election Day, the louder and crazier it's going to get, which is why it's even more important to have all the information you need to go vote. So here are the details. Grab your pen. There may or may not be a quiz later. Uh, October 13th. That is the day. That is a day to know. That is a day you must be registered to vote by in the state of Kansas. Um, As uh, we've heard earlier, if you've got a teenager at home that is turning 18 uh, before that day, they qualify to vote. Um, So make sure to get them registered so they can be ready on Election Day. Um, Another key day to know about is October 19th, Monday, October 19th. Uh, That's when advanced voting actually begins in person at the Shawnee County Election Office, uh, which is located at 3420 Southwest Van Buren. Um, So again, that's advanced voting happening in person. Um, So you can do that at the Shawnee County Election Office beginning Monday, October 19th, and actually going all the way up until noon on November 2nd, the day before Election Day. Um, If you would prefer uh, to have one of those fancy advanced ballots mailed to you um, in advance of the election, you do need to request that, and you have until October 27th. Uh, to request an advanced ballot be mailed to you. Um, and now it's important to note that you do have the option. You can mail that advanced ballot back or you actually can deliver that ballot by hand to the local election office. So if you're feeling a little unsure about mail um, and just don't want to leave uh, your ballot in the mail, you can actually hand deliver it uh, to the election office. Uh, for those who are uh, who are old school and want to vote in person, November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd is the day. Polls will open at 7 o'clock a.m. Um, if you're needing to figure out um, where the heck to go vote, check your information, checking your status, um, requesting an advance ballot by mail, um, all those things, you have some options. You can go to ksvotes.org or you can go to the Kansas Secretary of State's website at kssos.org, either ksvotes.org or kssos.org. Enter one of those websites and they'll get you all taken care of. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Ballots and Brews tonight. Um, If the last 24 to 48 hours have proven anything, um, it's that we are going to need a lot of beer to make sense of this election, and so we are happy to help here. I'm out of here until next week, so until then, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and see you next Thursday. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. To King's College I probably shouldn't brag But dag, I'm amazed and astonished The problem is I got a lot of brains But no polish I gotta holler Just to be heard With every word I drop knowledge I'm a diamond in the rough A shiny piece of coal Trying to reach my goal My power of speech Unimpeachable Only 19 But my mind is older These New York City streets Get colder I shoulder Every burden Every disadvantage I've learned to manage I don't have a gun to brandish I walk these streets famished The plan is To fan this Walk into 
to be A colony that runs independently Meanwhile, Britney keeps shitting on us endlessly Essentially, they tax us relentlessly Then King George turns around as a spending spree He ain't never gonna set his descendants free So there will be a revolution in this century Enter me He says in parentheses Don't be shocked when your history book mentions me I will lay down my life if it sets us free Eventually, you'll see my ascendancy And I am not thrown away Shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. It's time to take a shot. I dream of life without a monarchy. The unrest in France will lead to anarchy. Anarchy. Are you say? Are you all anarchy? When I fight, I make the other side panicky with my shit. Yo, I'm a tailor's apprentice, and I got chopped knuckleheads and local parentis. I'm joining the rebellion, cause I know it's my chance to socially advance. Instead of sewing some pants, I'm gon' take shit. And but we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. You and I do or die. Wait till I sally in on a stallion with the first black. Geniuses, lower your voices. You keep out of trouble and you double your choices. I'm with you, but the situation is fraught. You've got to be carefully taught. If you talk, you're gonna get shot. Bird, check what we got. Mr. Lafayette, hard rock like Lancelot. I think your pants look hot. Lawrence, I like you a lot. Let's hatch a plot blacker than the kettle calling the pot. What are the odds of God to put us all in one spot? Puff in a squad and conventional wisdom like it or not. A bunch of revolutionary manumission abolitionists. Position, show me where the ammunition is. Oh, am I talking too loud? Sometimes I get overexcited, shoot off at the mouth. I never had a group of friends before. I promise that I'll make y'all proud. Let's get this guy in front of a crowd. Imagine death so much it feels more like a memory When's it gonna get me? In my sleep, seven feet ahead of me If I see it coming, do I run or do I let it be? Is it like a beat without a melody? See, I never thought I'd live past 20 Where I come from, some get half as many Ask anybody why we live it fast And we laugh, reach for a blast We have to make this moment last That's plenty, scratch that This is not a moment, it's the movement Where all the hungriest brothers with something to prove went Foes oppose us, we take an honest stand like Moses claiming our promised land And if we win our independence Is that a guarantee of freedom for
for our descendants Or will the blood we shed begin an endless cycle of vengeance and death with no defendants? I know the action in the street is exciting But Jesus, between all the bleeding and fighting I've been reading and writing We need to handle our financial situation Are we a nation of states? What's the state of our nation? I'm past patiently waiting I'm passionately smashing every expectation Every action's an act of creation I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow For the first time I'm thinking past tomorrow And I am not for Not for